Hello and welcome to Spiritual Awareness. I'm Pastor Bob. I'll be filling in for Pastor Davenport today as he's out ill. If you would open your Bibles to Revelations chapter 2, 1 through 7. That's Revelations chapter 2, 1 through 7. Normally I don't like to preach out of Revelations because I feel there's 66 books in the Bible and God put the book of Revelations at the last. There's a reason for that. You need to understand the first 65 books of the Bible before you dive into Revelations. But God has put a special message on my heart, and I just need to share it with you guys. So, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesia write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience. And how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and hath not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hast the deed of deeds of Nicodemus, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which in the midst of the paradise of God. You see, the church of Ephesia had everything going for them except for one thing. The Bible records that it had lost its first love. You see, it says, I know thy works, thy labors, and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles. You see, they were basing their, their faith out of a work of labor. They had forgotten the most important part in the aspect in today's society. They had forgotten the love. The reason why they were doing the works they should have been doing was not to earn their place there, but they should have been doing it out of love. And I look around society today and I ask myself, has the church fallen into the same uh, trap that the Church of Ephesia has? Everybody knows what the church is against. Do we really know what the church is for? If we are not showing the love of God in everything that we do, what good does it matter? What could come, possibly come from it? The love of God needs to abound in today's society. You see, Christ didn't come in there and look at Mary Magdalene, who was a prostitute at the time, and see her for her sins. He saw her for the love that was within her. He reached out with love. For another example, let's look at Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector, an IRS agent, if you will. He went around collecting taxes, despicable people they are, taking our money and sticking it in their pockets. Christ did not walk past Matthew and say, Oh, well, he's one of them evil people. Let me stay away from him. He's from the government. He's here to take it, my stuff away. No. Christ reached out with him in love. You see, Christ didn't see him as a sinner that was unworthy of redemption. Christ saw him as the apostle he was yet to become. I ask you, do we see those around us for their true potential in Christ? Do we react to those that we meet as if we were seeing them as their potential versus what we see them as today? Do we in effect judge people based upon their past deeds or do we see them for the potential that God has given them? You see, if we're not acting out of love, we will only see people for what they've done. You know, God didn't come to call the righteous. 
He came to call sinners to repentance. See, that is a problem with church is today in society today. The church has always been able to look at people and go, this is what you should not be doing. This person, the example there, that is not what God has called us to do. God has called us to reach out to our brothers and sisters in love, to look past them for their faults, because Christ has reached, looked past our faults and seen the potential with us. We're no different than them. We're no better. Christ reached out to us all. If it wasn't for the blood of Christ, we all would be under that deal, under that same judgment that we so quickly judge others. You see, the love of Christ needs to return to the body of Christ. If we are without love, what good are we? Continuing on, Revelations chapter 3, 14 through 21, and in this verse, in this uh, scripture, Christ is talking to the church of Lacedonians. He says, And unto the angel of the church of Lacedonians write, These sayings saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou work cold or hot. So then thou, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chastise. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. You see, the church of Lacedonius had fallen into the other trap that we see in the churches today. A church of stagnation. A church that has withdrawn and sees itself as content with themselves. See, God did not call us to be content in our salvation. God called us to reach the lost. You see, if we have the true love of Christ within us, we will be an example as Christ was our example. You see, Christ came out here. He was not content with just a few being saved. But he founded the church and made sure the church would continue on long after he went to be with his father in heaven. You see, that same contentment that the church of Lacedonia found itself in is the same contentment that we now find ourselves in the church. As long as we have this great church where we can go and see, uh, sing praises and worship God on Sunday and everyone leaves us alone, we will be happy to leave the world alone. That is not what God called us for. If we fall into that trap, we are that church that is lukewarm. It is time for the church to be reborn and filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost to reach those that are lost. That is our true calling. You see, we can sit there and either be the loveless church or the lukewarm church. But we've already seen that if we follow down that path, it will end in our own damnation. Yes, damnation. See, it is not enough to be justified in Christ. We must also be his uh, apostles on this earth. We are to be his teachers. 
to those around us. We are to be an example. We are to be the light on the hill. That beacon of light that others will come to. We cannot do that sitting still on the sidelines, waiting for those to come into the doors of the church for us to say. It is time for us to get active in our walk with Christ. But I'm not talking about Bible thumping. I'm not talking about going to somebody's door and knocking on their door and going, here, here's this pamphlet. No, I'm talking about showing the true love of Christ. That love that originates from us. You can be a greater evangelist by just showing charity and kindness to your neighbor than being knowing every scripture in the Bible. It is not enough to know the scripture. It is only enough when you act upon the scripture. It is time for the church to stand up and start acting. If we do not like the world that we find ourselves in today, we only have ourselves to blame. It is time for us to get refired for God. Praise God. You see, in John 21, 15 through 17, we see that Peter also had that same problem. You see, Jesus came to Peter after he had denied him three times and before he sinned. And so Christ decided to question Peter and re-fire Peter from there. So verse 15, So when they dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, summon Jonas, loveth thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He hath saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, loveth thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, though thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17, He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, loveth thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Loveth thou me? And he, and he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saying to him, feed my sheep. You see, there's a reason why Christ questioned Peter three times. He was affirming that recommitment with Peter. That same recommitment that we as Christians need to make today. You know, it wasn't enough for Peter just sit there and re say, yes, I love you, Lord. No, Christ wanted him to be reaffirmed in his position. So as Simon denied, Peter denied Christ three times, Christ asked Peter three times, does thou love me? Now, we can look at that as wash, but the question is, what else did Christ say to him three times? He said, feed my sheep. See, it's not enough to just recommit our lives to Christ, but it's an only enough when we put that recommitment into action. You see, the love of God that flows through us should drive us into action. Does the church today have the action that Christ was calling out of Peter? you got to remember when Christ was in the tomb, and before he was to reappear to the apostles, the apostles went back to their same old lives. I see a parallel here in today's society with Christians. After they become baptized in Christ, it seems that many in today's society have returned to their old lives. Now, they may be more attuned to the sin that was in their lives, but are they active for Christ? And that is what Christ is saying. Feed my sheep. Are we doing our part in this walk to make sure that we are feeding Christ's sheep? Are we committing to the action that God has called us to? You see, it's time for us as Christians to get off our bottoms 
and start being and living that example of Christ today. Matthew 20, 18 through 20, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You see, this is the last commandment that Christ gave to the apostles before ascending to heaven. You see, he didn't say, be content in your walk with Christ. He did not say, be happy in your own salvation. No, he said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. You see, go. It was an action word. It was time for us to get out and go and see those that are lost. To go and reach those that are lost. We saw the great explosion of Christianity after, in, after the book of Acts, when the apostles broke up after they received the Holy Ghost and went out, and we saw the birth of Christianity. But it required an action. It was that they were to go out. You see, Christ said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. That same power that he has, he granted unto us. Not for filling our own selfish desires, but to reach those that were lost. That power, that fire that filled the apostles on the day of Pentecost is still available for us today. All we have to do is claim it and act upon it. See, too often people get in there, they go, yes, it's mine, I can claim it. But they forget the action part that they're supposed to be putting it into action. They don't receive it because they're not going to act upon it. That power is there for us if we choose to act upon it because if we're doing God's will, there is nothing that will stand against us. You see, we're going, we're supposed to be out teaching the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. See, too often we get hung up just teaching them to observe all things that we forgot the one important thing. The same important thing that the Church of Ephesians had forgotten. We've forgotten the love of Christ. Mm. You see, it is not enough to go out and baptize and teach other people if we forget to bring the love of Christ with us. Mm. If that love of Christ is not the guiding soul principle within us, then no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, we will fall short of reaching people for Christ. Because it is only through the love of Christ that the Holy Spirit manifests his work. It is through that love of Christ that he inflicts a change within us. And it is through that love that we show others that will influence the change in them. And again in Mark 16, we see the similar stir, a similar message that he get, uh, Christ gave to them. So Mark 16, 15 through 20. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in heaven, and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. You see, it says, 
that he that believeth and baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. See, them are the ones that we need to worry about. It's not those that don't immediately believe. But why are they not believing? Why, when we preach to our neighbors about what Christ has done for us, do they not believe? It is because we may not be showing them the love of Christ that God has shown to us. The love is that beacon. Love is the root of all things that Christ has called us for. You see, it is when we're showing that love for our neighbors that we can truly reach him. You see, God didn't leave us alone without any power. Verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It does not say they may. It says they shall. Now it's not saying that everybody who is sick that has laid hands, that you lay hands on, will recover. Because we do not know God's master plan. But that power is in us. That power is not diminished. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that power that he granted the apostles is still the same today. You see, these actions that he said that we would do, cast out devils, speak with new tongues, drink any deadly thing, is not something that we may be able to do. It's something God declares that we shall be able to do. But it is only when we're covered in the blood of it is only when we're walking in accord with him. And we cannot do, we cannot be in accord with God by sitting on, our, on the cushioned pews. We cannot be in accordance with God when we go to church just on Sunday and shout amen. No, we are only in accord with God when we choose to dedicate our lives to him each and every day. We need to start acting on a moment-by-moment -moment faith. That is, whatever happened to you yesterday is in the past. Whatever action somebody took against you is in the past. Today, all things are new. You see, in Acts chapter 1, 4 through 9, we see the last example of what Christ has called to us before he ascended to heaven. And he said, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. He said, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. We, when they therefore were come together, and they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in Judea, in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these sayings, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud, and received him out of their sight. You see, that same power is available for us today. You see, God did not leave us alone, but he sent us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost in filling that filled and made baptized through there is available to us. 
but it is not available on a cushion pew. It is not available for you on Sunday. It is time for us to recommit to a life of action with Christ. You see, that new commitment that I'm speaking of is found, can be found in Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, after we are baptized, we go into the watery grave and are dead in sin. And when we rise anew, we arise a new creation in Christ. But Paul says in Galatians 2 that it is not him that liveth, but Christ that liveth within him. Do our actions lately reflect a life of Christ? You see, that is our new resurrected self should not be just a better us, but that self of ours should have died in the grave. And our lives should be totally committed to a life for Christ. Because he died for us, we now have life. So what better way to use our life than to continue on what Christ was started here on earth. That is what we are called for. That is what he was saying when he said, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. He's saying, I am no longer going to be here. So you will be my ambassadors for me on earth. Yeah. And he did not leave us alone. He sent us the Holy Ghost that lives within us after we've received that baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is time for us to take Christ out of the box and put him on display for the world. Amen. Let's try putting ourselves in the box for a change. See, that is what it was meant when you went in that watery grave. You were putting yourself in that box. Your old self should be passed away. Be it that box is a coffin. Your old self is dead. Now it is time to live that new life in Christ. <coughs> now is the time to walk boldly for Christ. Not meekly, but boldly. We should live our life boldly in Christ. You see, that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That boldness that we can declare our Christianity, our faith, to those around us. If you have trouble talking to other people about your faith in Christ. First, start in a prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to speak for you. That is what he's there for. He provides you that comfort. He is the comforter. When you do not know the words, he will provide the words for you. You see, it's all based upon love. If you look at the love that Christ showed upon us, that he was willing to lay down his life for us, it is now time for us to take up the mantle and live our lives for Christ. Romans 6, 1 through 12, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that we are dead to sin 
live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized in Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by the baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should serve sin no more. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye shall obey in the lusts thereof. You see, Paul tells the Romans that after your baptism, you should be dead to sin and alive in Christ. Your old sinful nature should be passed away. Now I am not saying that you will not fall into problems and temptations and fall into sin once again. But we should be living our life as Christ had got us to, has guided us. We should be showing the love and compassion that he showed us to others. See, it's time that we stop laying Christians at the altar after they're baptized. See, we are real great as, as Christianity is real great at bringing people to the altar and getting them baptized in Christ. But where we fall short is continuing in the love of Christ and mentoring those around us about the love of Christ. You know, it's too easy to fall into the same old trap of hate this, hate that, this is sin, this is sin, therefore it's not acceptable. Well, that, that true that as it may be, if we are not living a life of love and compassion for our neighbor, how are we showing them what Christ showed us? See, it goes back to when I first started this sermon and I said that, that everybody knows what the church is against, but nobody tends to know what the church is for. It is time for us to rededicate our lives to Christ, to living that life that Christ has called us to be. Not judging others on the merits of, of their sins, whether they're Christian or whether they're outside of the church. The main thing that should abound in us is love. We do not show that love by saying, well, they are sinners, therefore they're not our kind of people. We show that love by taking them in and showing them a better way. Showing them the love of Christ. Not preaching at them, but giving them an example to be found, to live by. For that is what we have. That is what is available to them as well. But we often fall short of that goal. We get them through the door, we get them dumped, and then we leave them hanging. 
and that is why so many have turned away from Christ. That is why you see youth turn away from Christ, especially when they're just reaching out on their own. Because we've forgotten the main purpose. We, like the Church of Ephesia, has lost our first love. And we've done that because we become stagnant like the church, the other church. Because we are content with just getting another mark on our little board. We have saved so many. If we have not followed through, have we given them the tools to stand against their adversary, the devil? You see, it's time for us to recommit our lives to Christ. It is time for us to start showing the love and making sure that it abounds with us. Too often we're getting fallen into the trap. Oh, that's sin. That's not wrong. That's wrong. Oh, I can't associate with people who do that. That leads us to pushing, separating ourselves from those that God has called us to reach. You see, when we take it upon ourselves to recommit our lives to Christ, God has promised us a miracle. God has promised us that he will change this world that we are fighting. It is our commitment with Christ that can influence the direction of this world. See, Second Chronicles 7-14 through 14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal you see, that promise is still viable to us today. If we just reach out and love to other people, God has promised that he will heal our land. If you don't like the way the state the world is in today, get back in accordance with the word of God. For if we're in accordance with the word of God, we know nothing is impossible for us. Because the Bible declares it so. See, when Christians hit their knees and recommit their lives to Christ, God works miracles in the world around them. There is no mountain that he can't move. There is no problem too great. Nothing is insurmountable with God. And that is what he promised. So, if you are tired of seeing the world in today's society, let us get back in accordance with what God has called us to do. We must show love to our neighbors. We must reach out and try to reach others for Christ. That is not optional. It is not optional, nor is it the pastor's responsibility, the deacon's responsibility, the outreach coordinator, coordinator's responsibility. It is all our responsibilities. If you look around and you do not see your pews full in your church, then ask yourself, is this your responsibility? Are you falling short on the calling that God has called you to do? Yeah. You see, too often we put it off as somebody else's responsibility. God did not say it was somebody else's responsibility. He said it was our responsibility. He said, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel. 
it is time for us to become active in Christ once again. It is time for a new revival in the church today. Yeah. We can no longer sit on our butts and watch the world turn to crap. Mm -hmm. And if you are tired of seeing that, it is time for you to get active for God. And Jesus. You see, it's time for us to walk boldly before God. Yes, 2 Chronicles say that we should humble ourselves. It's humble ourselves before God. It's not humble ourselves before man, the world of sin today. We should not be approaching the world with meekness, but with boldness. Boldness born from the love that is inside of us. Because love conquers all. You see, 2 Timothy chapter 1, 6 or 10, Paul is talking to Timothy about the gift that is given to him. And he says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou shalt stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of sound minds. Be ye not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our work, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it is now not made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel. You see, in verse 7, he spells it out. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, Amen. but of power, and yes. of love, and of sound mind. And he gave us them gifts for a purpose. He gives us that power and that love to be a testimony unto him. It says, be not a therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. You see, Paul was writing about this as he was on trial for his faith. And still he declares that we should be bold in our walk with Christ. It is time for us as Christians to become bold again in our walk with Christ. It is time for us to take the fire of God that is in us and let that spark rekindle until it's a burning blaze. Amen. But the only fuel that feeds that fire is the love of God and love of your neighbor. Pure righteousness is born of love. It is not born of the law. For Christ has already fulfilled the law. So it is time for us to stop looking at others as the penalties of each individual sin for the life that they have living, lived. But to look at people through the love that God has given us through his resurrection. When he died, that law that you was that we were under, that judgment we were under, died with him. When he resurrected, we became a new creation in Christ. Amen. You see, it is time for us to stop letting the world slip away between us. Well, we sit in indifference. 
that we wait on a miracle of God. That we wait for the coming of Christ. You see, I'm here to tell you today, if you are waiting for the second coming of Christ in the rapture of the church, then you're going to miss it. Because God has called us into action. And if God has called us into action, and when he comes, we're sitting, waiting on him, then we are not doing what he has called us to do. See, this is why, when I first started off, they said, I do not like preaching that in the book of Revelation. There's a slippery slope with the book of Revelations. Yes, it tells us of things to become. But the whole entire thing is them things are going to happen regardless of whatever we do. We should instead be looking at the time that is before us and acting on a moment-by-moment -moment faith to reach the lost for Christ. That is our one and true love. That is the love that the church of Ephesia forgotten. You see, in Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 21, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us a ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation now then we are ambassadors for Christ as through God did we beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, it is also time for us to put aside past misdeeds that were behind. You see, it is time for us to reconcile with those that have done us wrong. Because that is what God has called us to do. It is time for us to show that, new, that love that Christ has done. You see, it says that Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. You see, that is not a one-time event. That is not your baptism, and then you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. That is an ongoing process. You should be reconciling yourself to God, to Christ. But as also we are the ambassadors of Christ to the world, we should reconcile our differences with those around us. It's time for us to put aside our petty misgrievance and start reaching out in love. You see, if we do not start reaching out to others with love and start becoming active in the church, then we will be like them two churches that we read about earlier. You see, and if that happens and Christ comes, we're not going to be going with him. You see, we need to become active and I don't care how great your faith is or whether you're a newborn creature in God 
we all need to recommit our lives to Christ. Not a one-time affair, but as an ongoing process. It is time for the fire of God to be rekindled in our lives. It is time for us to recommit our lives to Christ. I'm going to give you a moment now to think about recommitting your life to Christ. It is not an easy task, and it is not something to take lightly. But it, it is time and desperately needed. See, if you all bow your heads with me if you can, if you're driving, please keep your eyes on the road. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life. Let me be reborn a new creation in you. Let me be bold before the throne. Let me live my life as an example. I know I have sinned before in the past, Lord, and I know that your blood washes that away. I am here, Lord, as your humble servant. Guide me, use me, direct me. Send me forth where you want me to go, And as you send me forth, Lord, fill me once again with that fire of God. Let me feel that Holy Spirit move within me. Let my words come from Him. Let my actions reflect Your Son. Lord, we just ask You just keep us safe, Lord. And let us be that beacon of light on Let us be able to touch those that are in need and fill that need. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to thank you for this time that you've provided for us in listening to this sermon. I ask that you just take it to your heart and let it guide and direct you throughout this next week. We thank you for all your prayers that you've given and for Pastor Davenport as he's going through this difficult time right now and recovering from that stroke. And we'll continue to lift him up in prayer until he can return to us again. Until God brings us back together again. God bless. <laughs>